It is Art Party. I'm Andrew Russeth, and I'm here with Jamie Stearns. Hello. After uh, three or four technical difficulties here failing <laughs> to record, I think I've set it up. If you're hearing this, it's worked. Uh, it's episode 24. This is our five-year anniversary episode. Four. I Astonishing. can't believe that. is saying that we've been doing this for five years, which seems untrue completely, but I guess we've averaged, uh, we've averaged about five episodes a year. We're committed. We're committed. Our devotion to this is, is unmatched. It's unparalleled. I am proud of us for keeping it going, though. That's an achievement. I mean, in a way, it's a way for you and I to just meet and talk, to be honest. Exactly. And, and if anyone chooses to listen, then that's just bonus, I, bonus, bonus, but yeah. That's just icing on the cake. Uh, exactly. But we do, we do love our listeners. We're glad you're here. Um, I'm in uh, Seoul, Korea. Jamie is in, you're in Brooklyn, right? You're yeah, in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn, yeah. Excellent. Um, it's been a while uh, and some big shows have opened. So we thought we'd start there. Uh, yeah. I was just in uh, Venice for the Biennale and Jamie, of course, being in New York, has seen the Whitney Biennial, uh, hotly anticipated. I think both shows were delayed, right? Venice was delayed by a year and the Whitney was delayed by what, six months or something, or at least a little bit. No, the or last maybe was 2019, right? The last one was, was 2019, so that's a three-year gap as well. Yeah, something like that. Was it 2019? Am I remembering this? No, I think that's right. I think that's right, because it certainly wasn't the pandemic when it happened. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. It wasn't 2020. Um, but what was it like? What was the... What was wanna, the what, when we do biennial first? I want to hear more about Venice. Honestly. We can start with Venice. We can start with Venice. Yeah, it was yeah, so let's talk Venice. I feel like only because um, one is sex. I mean, it's sexier. It's Venice. And yeah. you've been a few times, right? You've gone, you've gone multiple times. So you're not like a, it's not spring chicken for you. But for, I've never been to, I've never been to the Biennale. So I'm, but it's all, you know, I have to say of all the biennials, it's, it has, it does have this like Jaji vibe, you know, maybe it's totally. the Italiano aspect, but even like something like, you know, obviously Documenta is like super like rigorous and like serious and cool, yeah. but the, by the, but by the, Venice Biennale feels oh like just Euro chic, you know. It's okay. like it's it's what is it? Channels, channels, whatever, and you know like Italian stuff, and it just has this kind of like another level. And the what is the golden line? There's a golden line. Well, yeah, yeah, any show that brings out golden lions and has people pose for them like they've just won like uh, you know film prize or something. Yeah, and I feel like there's like this kind of like it's not like. Miami Basel vibes of like parties and looks you know what I'm yeah. saying and like things like that but there is this like air of kind of like con festival or something oh. you know like more like oh. liking it to this kind of euro sophisticated arts glam lots of like riche like you know fashion like mode kind of thing so yeah tell us about for those like me and those that are around the world or whatever that have never been, tell us about it in general and then tell us totally. kind of what was this iteration. Well, yeah, what I yeah, what I always like about the Biennale is that it has, as you said, like such a weird format. It has like the golden lions they're giving out, which like, of course, don't really matter. I mean, it's not like anyone's ever really like you know got won the golden lion and then suddenly i don't know moved to a new level maybe i don't think that's how it works really but i think it is interesting that there's this kind of old school system and then the fact that you know there's so there's the central show which spans a giant building in the gardens the giardini in venice and the arsenale the old shipyards which this year was curated by Cecilia alemani 
And then you have 80 plus, maybe this year, 90 pavilions from different nations. And then you have all of these weird collateral events, some of which are great and some of which are horrible, kind of riffing on the theme or different curators or galleries showing up. And then all the museums have big shows, usually kind of sponsored by galleries. And so there's just like a comical amount of art. And even though it's like in some ways super exhausting, I think it's super fun to try to like run through it all, see what surprises you, see things you've only seen photos of. And then because it is, yeah, this kind of like meetup event, one thing I love is that by maybe Wednesday, right? You get there on Sunday or Monday. By like Wednesday, people are talking and you're kind of like, oh man, like you have to go see. I mean, last last time it was like the Lithuanian Pavilion, this crazy yeah. opera on a beach. And, you know, you'd never think to seek that out probably unless someone told you. Um, so yeah, where things kind of spread by word of mouth and you just see so much. And yeah, I was there for five days and still probably only saw, I, I saw pretty much everything I wanted to see, but still probably yeah. only saw half of the stuff that was you on view. Endurance. You can really, you can really do a lot in a day though too, especially. Right. And yeah, exactly because everything's so, everything's so centrally located or relatively located to each other that you can just kind of like go and go and go. And um you know, I like the main show, I think sort of takes almost a day. You can also throw in some pavilions. If you see all the pavilions that take a day or two and then, yeah, you see all the collateral stuff in the museums and um, yeah. I mean, How's getting around? Are you really on those little boats and stuff? Or like, the boats yeah. a fair amount. Although this time it was odd. I mean, Venice felt less crowded than normal yeah. a little bit, um, but still once you get down by like San Marco or Rialto, uh, we were waiting for, excuse me, we were waiting for um, those Vaporettos um, for quite a while. And then sometimes they'd show up and they were totally filled. And so as much as possible, we were just like walking, 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 um, <clears throat> which luckily you can do because so much of it is kind of congregated around those two spaces, the Giardini and the Arsenale. So you're not luckily reliant on the water buses but I love the water buses and that's always a treat to yeah. be on there so how is the how is what it was it good did it feel good it's like what you're talking about reminds me of like it's almost like the, it's like a I guess it is kind of like I mean a lot of other banalities and stuff and such do these kind of like you know this the representing the country and stuff like that but it does feel like the world cup of art you know it's totally. like a, yeah like totally. art, right yeah totally world cup I feel like my opinion is probably what has been written about a fair amount, which is like the main show. I mean, Chichilli, I think coming from the High Line, uh, kind of knows how to put together like really crowd pleasing shows. She just knows how to like install work really beautifully and how to handle crowds, how to kind of make things that are just sensational looking. Yeah. Um, and I, she did honestly a great job. I was really nervous because her artist list has over 200 people, which even for like the amount of space she has felt like, oh, like <laughs> it's the most it's been in maybe 10, 15 years. Um, but what was cool was she had these, and this was another thing that I was nervous about, but she had these historical sections, these five historical sections. And they were pretty much in, especially in the Giardini, they were in these spaces that are really hard to use normally. They're kind of cramped or they have low ceilings. And she turned those into sort of mini museums. It reminded me of, remember in Documenta, the brain in the yeah, main, yeah, yeah. where it was yeah, just kind of like yeah. filled with curious objects. Yeah. So she did that like five times. Um, and, it felt good. 
And yeah, like it was, you know, it was uh, some surprising stuff and then some stuff that was just like nice to see, like, and so, and so those were the kind of things like undergirding the show. So it was like a little sculpture statuette by Augusta Savage um, of the piece that she made in New York for the World's Fair in the thirties. Um, or was it the 30s? I believe so. Uh, and then uh, like, you know, a bunch of Ruth Asawa hanging uh, wire pieces, uh, Leonor Fini paintings, because there was a whole surrealist edge to her show. But um, I mean, the other thing I should mention straight up is that I think 90% of the show was women. That's amazing. Uh, That's astonishing. Amazing. Yeah, which I don't think it had ever been majority women before. And so she was just like, you know, I'm just <laughs> making like pretty much all women. And um, and so the historical shows were very much like focused on that as well, kind of like pulling out people who had become more well known now, right? It's like I think people know Asawa and Feeney and these people, but really positioning them as kind of inspirations for the show. And um, so anyway, all of which is to say that like you, you saw the list of 200 artists, but maybe like half of those were like, you know, one little sculpture or a couple little drawings or paintings. And then she actually let uh, contemporary artists have big hunks of space. That's great. And yeah, it looked good. So is there any any key like key artists or pieces or? Oh man, what are they? What are they? Really stuck um, out that were really like, whoa. Like that you would be like, oh, you have to like, you're saying like, you're like, by like three days in, you're like, oh, you have to go see this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, not super surprising ones, but like, uh, you know, one of the opening rooms is uh, those uh, New Yorkers. What was interesting was some of the work, if you've been in New York, if you've kind of like paid attention to Buzz, like you'll be familiar with some of it. But so one of the, the great opening rooms is uh, those glass works by Andra Arsuda that she showed at Ramekin maybe two years ago or right before the pandemic. And so they're kind of these like, they're women's bodies, but sort of like with their cast glass, I believe. And they have um, also like uh, plastic bottles that are part of them uh, and like alien forms attached. So just these like wildly intricate kind of scary, fragile, tough bodies. Uh, in a room with Rosemary Trockel's knitted monochrome works. Oh, okay. So like super crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Louise Lawler had just like a totally amazing room to herself of mm -hmm. uh, the works, I think related works that she showed at Metro right before it closed. And I thought they were super moving because they were of the um, Donald Judd show, which for me, that was one of the last shows I saw before the pandemic started in New York at MoMA. And she went at MoMA at night, um, or maybe not at night, but when she went when the lights were off at MoMA and um, kind of photographed these like shining, gleaming Judd works. I kind of love that in the show of almost all women. It's kind of these like, these like dark, strange Judds in the dark. Yeah. Um, and she showed those in front of like one of her, you know, classic wallpaper pieces stretching around the wall. Super striking. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Jamie and Giuliano Volani had a bunch of great paintings. Yeah. Um, I'm grabbing my, I'm grabbing the 1,000 page book. Gigantic. Uh, light gigantic. reading so that I can, that I can, I can, I can quote some, some names uh, or at least like say the names, say the names relatively correctly. Um, there was this, so there was this like super amazing in one of the historical sections. Uh, Overtaki, O-V-A-R-T-A-C-I, maybe it's Overtasi. It was this Danish artist who adopted that name 
after being institutionalized and she and I guess it means something like like chief lunatic or something because like everyone I guess like everyone in the mental asylum she was in was called like you know chief warden or chief therapist or whatever she was like I'm gonna be chief lunatic and she made these like alien uh kind of like dolls that were almost like insects I mean they were like really frightening <laughs> and oh, wow. really intense and and Chichilia showed them in these kind of like vitrines but in some cases like quite tall standing vitrines because they're large and so you had this sense of I mean the whole the whole feel of the show was like surreal women's bodies maybe uh flowing together with like animal stuff and I love that I feel like that's on I feel like that's on trend though you know it was, yes like, it was very yeah, on trend and uh and I feel like if you wanted to make a, a criticism it's like it was a lot of that it was kind of like walking to the arts and all like it was like oh boy I've seen yeah. a body do crazy things and they're just doing crazier things yeah, no, that's interesting. That's interesting. I kind of guess this is making me think of this other topic that I've been kind of thinking about a little bit is this kind of this uh, evocation of the surreal and the yeah. surrealist movement. I definitely feel like it's kind of uh, been heightened for in like within the last few years, but even more so kind of in these like crazy times. Like, yeah, sorry, a music like, video just started playing in my, yeah. Um, yeah Sorry. But yeah, no, I just kind of was thinking about what you were thinking, if you thought about that kind of, that kind of, I don't know, resurgence of sorts, I guess you would, might call it, but it's, um, I don't know, I kind of think because it's related to like the politics of our times and this feeling of like end time doomsday vibes, oh, interesting. Like, you know, because surrealism came out of like war, you know, like surrealism came out of such a, just, just horror of like modernity, right? right. And the kind of, artists and thinkers and poets and whatever everybody like people trying to kind of grapple and to kind of have some sort of like coping with it you know and right and this kind yeah. of this well I think I think that kind of framing is super interesting because for me I, you know I, I don't think I'm alone in this surrealism has always been kind of like the embarrassing art movement of, <laughs> of the 20th century because it, it can feel so escapist or it's like grounded in these kind of like debunked psychological ideas and it can often feel so corny, but yes, of course, right. It's, it's, it's born of war. It's born of kind of an understanding of like things have failed. Uh, yeah. You know, where else do we look? And yeah, I think it's, it's like this concept of absurdity and the kind of, yeah. you know, I yeah, it definitely has like these weird connotative things. And because it's such a like Euro male centric size, you know, kind of it, in terms of historical, uh like I don't know like uh I don't know could like the canonize canonization of it but there you know as we know there's been this rewriting of all these different women that are within with their in that genre that really made you know impacts and stuff but this overall arching thing of you know this crazy weird absurdist times and I feel like you know not it's not about comparative like you can't compare the now to the then because it's just it's just impossible right, right. but this more overarching thing of like I think that because of the pandemic because like I mean especially for like the Trump stuff all the authoritarianism rise the pandemic now there's the war with in Russia and Ukraine well you know Ukraine and then just like just all of it is just like so, and the, I think the kind of with social media and the mediation of the world and the mediation of self and kind of the flattening of everything all at once simultaneously, 
I think it's definitely like on trends and it's something that I'm actually seeing is like, um, I want to see this movie, everything everywhere all at once. I want to see that. I'm like, I'm like really curious to see that, but just the concept of like parallel universes, multiverse universes, these, you know what I'm saying? This kind of like strange, like alternate, alternate reality scapes, you know, and it's not done in this like cyberpunk uh like, like gibson-esque kind of way it's not yeah. like in that genre it's more in this kind of like absurd ridiculous like just yeah. you know gumby like just lsd way um and i don't know i think that there's definitely like a reasoning behind that and i think that that's also like you know we can think about the use of the body that's been so prevalent Mm-hmm. um you know obviously there's so much wrapped in that with sales and blah 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 but yeah. you know the markets of the art but also I just do think that's kind of this idea of body sense relationship of like being in re- like a reality or tactility of reality and the yeah. kind of like um stretching of that yeah so I don't know something that I've been thinking about I don't I haven't really articulated it obviously I'm blathering here but yeah what do you know I think it's, it all makes a lot of sense and and I should mention so yeah the main show was called The Milk of Dreams which was a children's book written by uh Leonora, Leonora Carrington the great surrealist and so yeah there's a real dreamy feel to the show but it, it avoids for the most part becoming yeah like really escapist and it's it's there's a lot of work that is very much like as as you know i you're you're mentioning like kind of the tactility of bodies or the kind of sense of being in a body there's a lot of work with like scent to it or um even having to do with uh like ecosystems of like humans among nature uh like precious okuyomang um has this kind of like incredible uh she's built a kind of like mini river it's essentially the last work in the show you're almost outside on the water in the arsenale and you're in this dark warehouse and um yeah there's rocks there's streams there's uh planted things and so you have this sense of like being in nature uh it's quite immersive and and at the same time extremely surreal and so there's this sense of like creating new worlds i guess but hopefully not having it be utopian or naive I guess I mean she's planted I think sugarcane and there are all these references to slavery and colonialism and so it's kind of like yeah how do you weave together the political and the the surreal in some way do you feel like this iteration of the Biennale was more like just like full-on in terms of like monetary scale of production like just like that's such a good yeah I feel like the show for sure benefited from uh having an extra year I don't know this but presumably that would help the budget I would think having having an extra year to just raise money to maybe readjust things and so it was just a much better looking show than normal Uh, I think partially that has to do with probably you know Cecilia is Italian she kind of knows how it works uh her husband's done the show so they have a familiarity with like how how it all how it all runs but yeah it was an extremely it was extremely handsomely presented in the way that sometimes elements of it can feel like a little scrappy or slapped together um yeah it's it was on another level probably monetarily and interesting interesting I just what is your I mean maybe it's it's like maybe it's too much of a hot take (laughs) like what is your feeling about um, I guess this is like going into this other thing that I've been thinking about, just kind of 
you know, the, maybe the, I don't know, maybe the not conflicting, maybe that's not the best word for it, but just the conundrum, I guess, of the art world. And it's because I was thinking about when I think when I was thinking about Venice during the, um, remember during the pandemic, kind of the peak of the pandemic, since there's no tourists and everything yeah. there, that yeah. the, the can those dolphins swimming in it, right. <laughs> like, yes. like, like, it was yeah. like the return, there was a return to nature back into nature into right. the living this living the virus yeah yeah and then now it's like okay venice the biennale is back and then like the swarms of i'm not judging anybody here but like the swarms of you know like the art market industrial complex like people's like coming and flocking and all those air miles all that waste all that stuff yeah no i felt disgusting in a way yeah it was it was uh yeah oh gosh we're back it's all the same. And it's funny that you mention it because to, to, to also riff on uh, your earlier question. So like, you know, the main show and many of the national pavilions, it's like, you know, there, there are just very few men. A lot of it is um, kind of politically involved in, in, a, in a pretty straightforward, like uh, uh, inoffensive way, but kind of, um, you know, it, it's the politics are good, I guess. Uh, yeah. for, for, for right or wrong. But then, then you then you go out and the main collateral shows that were organized by the galleries um, kind of in conjunction with museums are like, it's George Basilitz, it's uh, Anselm Kiefer, it's uh, Anish Kapoor. And so- We gotta have big dicks in there. We gotta have- And Sterling Ruby. <laughs> you know, some of these guys who I love uh, and at some moments, but it was just like, okay, there's like, you know, this thing happening, which is trying to essentially like rewrite the entire history of modern art around kind of surrealist women, gender, number, gender non-conforming figures. And then it's like, you know, the collectors are here, they want to buy. Uh, yeah. And like, we've spent so much energy shipping this stuff in and putting on these shows. But so some of which was great. Like yeah. the, um, the Anselm Kiefer show, I truly dislike that work, but like it's so much it's it's, it's like it's like so comically easy to dislike however this was like this show was it just it honestly ruled really? so it was really? in, it was in the it was in the doge's palace the palazzo di cale you know like masterpiece of gothic architecture the ultimate tourist draw um <clears throat> and how tall are those those ceilings in like the grand council room they're like I don't know, they're gigantic, right? They're like, they're like five stories tall. And, wow. and he made paintings that are floor to ceiling. And so you walk in and you have to like, you have to walk through pretty much the whole palace. Uh, and then you get to the Grand Council, there's the giant Tintoretto paradise. And you're like, well, it's real art, that's serious. And then you walk into the next room and it's just gigantic Anselm Kiefer's that are like classic Kiefer. They're like, you know, smoldering ruins of like, but honest, and they're like covered with gold. But like, honestly, they were so over the top and like ridiculous. It was kind of like a man meeting his moment. It yeah. actually, it stood up. And yeah, that sounds great. it sounds like it's almost like uh, hearing a big blast of organ music or something. Exactly. Like, you no, know, yeah. like, can't, it's like all encompassing. It's, kind it, of. it just, it's like, yeah. it's like a Wagner opera suddenly. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, exactly opera. Like, whoa, there's like a thousand piece orchestra on stage. And like, it's just kind of like, kill me. Yeah, um, I can't help but be blown away from it. Yeah. So yeah, there was that dichotomy. And what I loved is, I guess, uh, the paintings are so big. I mean, they're trying to sell them. Gogosian's supposedly trying to sell them, but they're, um, 
like no, literally no one else has room for these essentially. They're too big. And so he was supposedly talking about like sinking them in the lagoon or having like a ritual burning of them. So we'll see what happens to them. But uh, I think that's up for a while I'd recommend. Amazing, sorry. I'm trying to make the banging noise stop upstairs. If you, if you... <laughs> I can't even hear it. Um, um, but that, that, that sounds incredible, but this is really, yeah, no, I, I like, I'm, lo I'm loving the key. I'm loving the key. I, I, this is the, this is the kind of interesting though. I think that like the other day I did this, um, uh, uh like an MFA, uh, like walkthrough thing. Anyways, nice, so nice. I did a thing. It was sweet. And, but you know, and it was like just meeting artists, it was sweet. And, but one of the artists was like an abstract, like a really just old school Wow. abstract painter doing these really discreet small kind of um very very like really really great abstract paintings but I was yeah. like this is like a breath of fresh air <laughs> like oh. I was like because you know so many art which is fine like so many artists are doing you know this kind of surrealist strange yeah. uh body body like figuration stuff a lot oh. of painting and like some kind of craft sculpture vibe stuff but it's, yeah. it's all great I'm not saying that I'm not knocking any of that but then just to see kind of this really 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 like intensely dedicated all yeah. I'm trying to do make up is making abstract is perfect an abstract painting I was like super like it felt like drinking a really like fresh glass of cold lemonade on a hot oh, summer wow. day it, felt so yeah. good and it's not oh. it's not because I love abstraction so much it's yeah. not like that's not my that's not my cup of tea really you know yeah. but it just 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 because of the trends of things you know and it's almost like I can imagine like you know you're in this kind of like world building like environment which is amazing necessary and potent and super and like super like so essential to have that conversation within a context like this but then yeah. also seeing these kind of other these the, the you know the good old boys of sorts you know but then kind of letting the, and seeing them at their like the most at the extremities of that right. can also feel really like I don't know really good counter and a really good yeah. you know relational yeah. relational structuring yeah. oh I, I'm so happy to hear you say that about the abstract painter because uh I felt the same thing recently seeing some seeing some young painters here in Korea just just getting it done and it is uh it is so refreshing to see and and then and and yeah, the fact that the Biennale is, is that large that you can kind of when you need that antidote, go find these yeah. things. I think is so lovely. And and bef and then before we we end the subject, I I, I also want to mention that reminds me, um, like one of the most incredible works in the show is by this artist named Mira Lee, who's a young Korean artist based in Amsterdam, and she's also she's not an abstract painter, but she's also this great counterpoint because so much of the work is you know, a pretty positive form of kind of like, you know, surrealism as like, it's liberating me. It's, it's right. It's kind of like allowing me to connect with nature or allowing me to be political. And she has created this, it's like, uh, I don't know, 10, 12 feet tall, maybe this rack. And it's essentially covered with these kinetic sculptures, which look like unidentifiable organs essentially so she's taken the kind of like surrealist body thing to like it's total like ridiculous extreme and they're this these like grotesque organs that are pumping away and they're like shooting out uh like it's i think it's um like paint pigment of some sort and it's it's dark uh kind of uh red it's earthy colored 
And it is just like one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And so you're seeing like all of this like classical kind of like feminist surrealism. And then she's just like, I'm just gonna give you like raw organs. And it feels like this moment of um, just like pure darkness, evil, this thing churning away. And you're kind of like, okay, like there are also like dark forces at work. And there's something also very, someone was telling me it was like, there is something very loving about it too, because it's very like well-crafted and there are these kind of organs that are maybe trying to survive, but it was just like, okay, the future is here as well. This yeah. is like incredible, yeah. incredible yeah. work, so. No, I love that. That sounds cool. That sounds really, really amazing. It's, not, it's yeah, no, the kind of, that gore. <laughs> yeah, it's gore, it's gore. gore. Yeah, gore. it's like, you, you just need some yeah. gore sometimes. You do need some gorgeous. That sounds amazing, man. It sounds awesome. I mean, like, and okay, just before we wrap it up, how was the food? Oh my God, was how what is what's the food and great? Can you tell me? It was me great. You know, people people are always or sometimes they're kind of grumpy about Venice because, like, you can. I mean, there's so much bad food there, and you can get tired yeah. of the little what are they called the cachetti cicchetti with the uh, you know the little small bites. But we ate really well. And because it wasn't as crowded, like we were able to get some last minute reservations and just eat tons of pasta. Um, is there a specialty we, in Venice? Is there like a, like a culinary specialty? You see, the, you see the, squid ink, the squid ink pasta a lot. Um, and so we got some of that, you know, the, the dried cod that they whip with olive oil is just like Ooh. so delicious and served with polenta. That was amazing. Uh, did the classic stereotypical Harry's bar with um, the Bellinis and lots of tiramisu. You know, we're tourists. I'm just eating all the tourist food essentially, but um, it was so good. And then the other thing, the other thing I should mention, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google this restaurant right now. Um, so I get it right. Before we went to Venice, we went to Padua and there's this amazing restaurant there called uh, a banda del Busso, like a band of Busso or something. It's like the name of the family. And they have two restaurants. And if you're in Padua, this is for all the Italian listeners or for the listeners going to Venice, Padua, right? 30 minutes away by train. This restaurant was like so good. It was mostly seafood. And we just had like delicious, freshly caught, you know, seafood, seafood pasta. And they specialize in grappa. And so we were just oh, drinking yeah. lots of grappa, getting extremely... Uh, uh you know fired up with grappa a little bit warm on the inside no but i want to before we get out of italy though this reminds me i saw on your social media a giotto so oh my god have, can you because like i am like secretly been obsessed with giotto since i like learned that they, they, they he's they, amazing like, they like lived on the planet once so many, many, yes, many, yes. many like <laughs> centuries ago. And I was like, who is, I was like, this is like the number one amazing freak star that started it all kind of, you know, he's always started been like a real like guiding, like a uh, load, like a load star guiding post, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah. Tell us, tell us about the Giotto. Can you like, Holy where, Christ. why, what, explain. So Text, it, yeah. was, uh, it was, um, I wish I had the book handy. Oddly enough, I'm gonna grab the book. I'm gonna grab the book. Um, oddly enough, Zwerner put out this little book about the chapels that he did, um, written by Ruskin. And so, uh, if people are curious, they should buy this book. It's like ten bucks. But it's um, so in Padua, Giotto did for. I think the story was there was an extremely wealthy Italian man who made his money 
in like money lending, money lending, maybe even like loan sharking. And Ooh. so his son to atone for him was like, well, I need to build a chapel, which apparently was very popular at the time. You would atone for your kind of parents' sins by religious commissions and so forth. And so he built this giant chapel and had the young Giotto uh, uh, come over, who was already at that time, this is 1305 maybe or so, wow. um, said, you know, come decorate, come decorate this chapel. Uh, and it's an astonishing thing. It, seemed, it just looked incredible. It's yeah. like, it tells the story of, which this was news to me, it tells like the backstory of the Virgin Mary's life. So it's about her parents, uh, and how her parents were having trouble conceiving. And so her father goes into the wilderness. There's all sorts of prayers. Uh, mom also uh, gives birth to the Virgin. You know, mom gets, gives birth to the Virgin Mary. Anyway, all of it to say it's, it's this, it's this uh, series of um, over 30 panels on the walls telling this story. And, um, and then the ceiling itself is this kind of beautiful very strange blue color and there are kind of stars in the sky and you just imagine like holy shit this thing has lasted for what 700 years and you can imagine being there like in the you know, in the 1300s with candlelight or something and it's like you know if 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 you're on the fence about religion like that would probably send you over the edge Oh my um, gosh. Oh, and, uh, and the and feel, how is it preserved? Is it like, is it well preserved? Pretty well preserved. I mean, they do this thing where you, you do have to like book in advance. They put you in kind of like a airlock so that uh, you can have the temperature adjust. It's not that high tech, but they, yeah. they like seem to be trying to keep the temperature and moisture level in there still. Yeah. And so it's in good condition, I guess. Um, there are a few panels that are a little washed away, but the painting is so, I mean, I'm like, I am such a degenerate, like modern contemporary art person that like, I don't have the full vocabulary to like get into like how, you know, the, the historical context and stuff. But, yeah. but, the, but the paintings are this remarkable mixture of, um, there's this, this weird lifelike quality to them where like, you know, it, I think it is like some of the earliest work where you see on their faces like, uh, of, of the people in the crowds in these paintings or even on Joseph, Mary, um, her parents, it's like they just look like ordinary people and they're kind of like suffering or hoping or oh, yeah. um, you only get 15 minutes in there. And so wow. you're yeah. kind of like, what well, can I see? <laughs> yeah, they let in. It's nice because they don't overcrowd it. They let in maybe it's like maybe 25 people. And it's a reasonably sized chapel. It's not like a small, small chapel. It's very soaring ceilings. And it's kind of miraculous that it still exists. It was um, yeah. it was part of a larger complex where the sun lived and that got torn down and, you know, sometimes good stuff survives. But, um, but you'll That's love incredible. this quote. You'll love this quote in the back of the book from Ruskin. This is, he's, so he, he, he's like, this book is, the writing in it is hilarious. He says that like his whole thing is he's like, Giotto, sure, like we've become better painters. Like we know perspective now and we can do, but he says that Giotto, kind of like you were saying, he says Giotto was like one of the greatest men who ever lived because he like understood religion and how to translate it into art as no one had done before. And so anyway, his, his quote is it's like the greatest tribute ever. Uh, his love of beauty was entirely free from weakness. His love of truth untinged by severity. His industry constant without impatience. His workmanship accurate without formalism his temper serene and yet playful, 
his imagination exhaustless without extravagance and his face his faith firm without superstition so i mean nice. what else can you want from an artist that is just huh Beautiful. i mean that's I, I do love that. It's quite it's quite lovely. But I, what the hell does Raskin know? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no, no. Reading this book, I'm just like I have no idea what he's talking about. Sorry, I'm just like I'm like I don't know. It's it's um it's almost like um you know the anthropomorphization of animals, which right. you know you know it's a big. I, I think it's okay to do because I do it all the time. My cats definitely have souls and strengths sure. and personalities, but. I do feel like in terms of historical figures and, and things too, I think the historians are quite hysterical. <laughs> yeah, no, especially Ruskin and, uh, <laughs> and no, but it's funny, like even, like there's certain parts of the paintings, like you don't really understand why, but he'll just be like, this is the least good panel. This panel is horrible. You know, Giotto messed this one up and you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know what's good. <laughs> So, but it's a it's a fun. Uh, I love that though. I love that though. I love that though. That's so that's great. Fun. Oh my god! I do. That's amazing. I'm so happy that you're also good to see that though, because honestly, that's that's the that's the stuff I'm craving. Like I know we were talking before, kind of this, uh, you know, getting some sort of like maybe like um, uh, antidote or antecedent to kind of uh, the overwhelming uh, thematic thing and yeah. getting counter. But then also for me, I think it's also speaks true for just like just you know. Uh, historical art versus contemporary art and you know you kind of sit right now I'm like so I just want to see things that are long yeah. everyone's long gone and everything's everything no. civilizations have ended well, yeah. that kind of thing but no, no, that's, that's amazing nice. you were able to experience that in addition to Venice it's yeah what's uh now it's it's Whitney time I'm so oh curious my God. To that. I need to hear Speaking of the contemporary, back, okay. back, yeah, to throw ourselves back into the contemporary. Back, let's 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 now all glide back into the present, twenty year, twenty 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 two. Exactly. Um, so yeah, no. So there's a biennial at the Whitney. It's, I, I love how it's like it's okay. So the Venice is Venice is the Biennale, right? Yeah. And yeah. the Whitney is the biennial. It's yeah. Just, there's like five thousand ways to. Bell and say biennial, biennale, biennial. Anyways, so yeah, the Whitney Biennial, it's on, it's called Quiet as It's Kept. Right. I think it's like, uh, I don't know, I read somewhere, it's like this, um, I don't know, some sort of colloquialism or saying that like Toni Morrison and like other people have used as kind yeah. of like in, I don't know, reference point. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, it was co-curated <laughs> by David Breslin and Adrian uh, Edwards. And it was, it's on right now. It's really great. Um, it's actually really good. I mean, the Whitney, the biennial, it's probably the American, the biggest biennial, you know what I'm saying? Totally. It's the, the biennial of the US kind of thing. Totally. You know more of the history of it. I don't really know. I can just talk about what I saw. Um, yeah, I went with my friend the other day. I went like during just like regular hours. I didn't want to like, I wanted to see it for real. And it was good. You liked it. Yeah, I did like it. So essentially, like, yeah, there's like multiple floors, but really, it's like just two. So really, it's just like these the two, like the top, the sixth and the fifth floor. And okay. you know, everybody, everybody, as everybody does, you always. <laughs> I don't. I, I think they built it this way. They built it this way, but you always go to the top and then you make your way down. Like yeah. that's, the way, that's the way one does it. Um, but yeah, so it was, and the curators in the statement, it, it was really short, like what they were talking about, but they were referred to kind of the past like three years, you know, essentially like, you know, with the pandemic and they mentioned COVID and kind of also like what's happening in politics, you know, with like yeah. the Black, 
Black Lives Matter movement. I like, you know, they don't reference that specifically, but just kind of this tenor of the state of the world and the state of the country kind of thing. And the kind of the, the kind of post in a certain sense, or like the, what is it now? Like that we're not out of it, but like, you know, in, in kind of just how that kind of has maybe sandpapered us all down a little bit and like the reality of that. So they're really straightforward about it. It wasn't like glib or cute or like poetic. It was very just like direct and just being like, this is what this is. And I kind of appreciated that. And yeah, there's two floors, the top floor, it was, they had, and they kind of made it an obvious statement of it that it's kind of split into like black and white or like not black and white, but like kind of like the, 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 the upper floor is really dark. It's literally black. But it seems, it's like quite, and does it work? Yeah. It super dramatic. It was really dramatic. Yeah. And it really worked. And it's, um, it was really well installed. There's a lot, there was a lot of video. There's a lot of everything. Um, it was well, well placed and well, I think well curated, you know, people don't, I think that so many shows aren't like objects placed in a room and <laughs> intelligently, like that's such a key element. And I think yeah. it was done really well. And they used kind of the, the they, they heightened the architecture, but they also like built some discrete rooms, some walls, some kind of, you know, different ways to um, like just flow through the space and kind of like travel and traverse just this floor. And it was done really well and the whole kind of feeling it was it was black the walls were black it was dark there was lots of video and video like things like that um around but it still it didn't feel heavy or oppressive it didn't feel like you know some sort of like um didn't feel uh thematic you know what i'm saying it didn't feel like some sort of like uh i don't know set or something like that it just felt like it was a compliment to what was um what was being displayed and yeah it was just kind of like really nice to see works they were very there were there were a lot but a little like it felt crowded in some ways like mm. like there was a lot of like bleeding like noise bleeding or like kind of um, you know like from a video like one video could be like heard throughout like most of the space in certain senses sometimes um and things like that but it was done in a it it, it, it worked you know i think that if you just kind of just let yourself focus on what you're focusing on what was in front of you and then just kind of slide and glide through the space in this yeah. kind of way it felt not um pressurized or like too 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 condensed so it felt but it but it was like a lot of different works and it was nice it was like it felt like timely and it felt very like um i don't know there was like people that you're like, oh, I have no idea who this is. And then there's other people you're like, oh my gosh, this is so great that they're here. Um, And then the second, the floor underneath it, the fifth floor um, was the like, like the white space was the open space with the like, the light, the darkness and the light, I guess. And that was, that has like, just like the more with the windows and all the stuff and playing with the architecture, you can see the Hudson, all this stuff really clearly. Um, And it was more of like an open floor plan space. And they had kind of these like freestanding wall structure like oh, zone. Interesting. i didn't yeah. fully understand that from okay got which it. usually annoy me like they kind of like sometimes those types of things annoy me but they kind of worked because a lot of a lot of the things i really appreciated that there was a lot of um video work and that as there was a lot there was, it was pretty heavy video i maybe for some reason i'm paying attention to video anymore oh. you know but there's videos and also freestanding sculptures that were kind of placed within these kind of confines or like loose um, almost like uh I don't know like freestanding screen kind of things but they worked within it and they didn't yeah it just felt like 
it was a really effective way to try to try to get as much in, but then also giving works like discretion for them to for them to exist within themselves. And yeah, it's like very much like I don't know. It was, it was a nice, and there was, there was a lot of mix of diff, like some some artists that are like born in like the nineties, you know, and like some artists that were like. Yeah you know from like this they're born in like the 60s or later you know what i'm saying so it was this really intergenerational mix which i know is the purpose of it and i think that they did a good job there's definitely like works that were like politically inclined and specific yeah, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't there was really very much like the biggest takeaway that i had overall without like really rationalizing it or overthinking it was my feeling was just was like the thing that i thought i was like there are so many people making so many things in so many ways. And that's wonderful. Like that's literally like kind of my, my like just takeaway from it. It was like, I was just really happy to see the, I hate the word diversity, but like the, the amount of variation of right. medium specificity, like people were just working within so many different mediums and so many different forms. That's exciting to see and rare yeah. on a show like and that to actually feel that. Own, yeah, and they were speaking their own language, they were creating their own language, like languages through the mediums in which they were working with and they're building, you know, creating their own world. And obviously you're only getting a snippet of every yeah. artist's practice. You're getting a piece or a thing, you know? Yeah. But you can really sense like the the multitudes of the possibilities of like material and subject matter. Um, there was this like interlacing of the political and I think mm -hmm. of just like contempt like of uh, this the state of like contemporariness or materiality of like contemporariness of materiality too. Yeah. And how materials are really um, I don't know, flexible and bendable and mutable kind of in, in this way, even if it is like a video work or, or some sort of installation thing. There wasn't a lot of installation. It was more like pieces really. Um, but yeah, what no. Were the, what were the, what were the, uh, what were the like revelations for you? Was there any work? I mean, there wasn't any, I mean, I'm such a sucker. I always get super excited when I see people that I know in these types of settings, because sure. it is definitely like, for this type of thing, it definitely is like a real like step up for them, especially if they're younger artists. That's so like for me, like I love seeing Jackie Connolly. She does video work. Um, she kind of creates these like Sim-esque like, you know, universes through digital media. I think that she's just been, she's just a really amazing, just thinker and um image and storyteller and I just was like so happy to see her nice. just like in there and then just like you know like other people like that I was like not like I was like oh I didn't know they were going to be but I, I really loved that it was a Teresa Hockfang Cha she's actually oh, amazing artist yeah. yeah and I've seen I've seen her work like on like like the internet and like right, in books right. That's how you I've know? seen it, yeah. Yeah, only in internet and books. And like, obviously they, they didn't have, they weren't like hyper prolific. So there isn't like, it's almost like she's like the Korean Bastian Otter or something, you know, it's like that kind of vibe yeah. where it was just like kind of ephemeric and really like, like, but it's really beautiful. And I, there was like this really nice, like kind of dedicated section of their work. And also like, you could see some of their archive and just some of the archive vid and archive video and also like ephemera like uh, paper materials and like you know like their hands and stuff which was really nice to see so i really was like that was the, that was the thing that i was like the most like hell yeah like about seeing yeah, that in that sounds really like i was like hell yeah and like i was like i want to see more of that yeah. but then there was like there was this um there was this one artist that i didn't know that i was like really got into 
um, was this young artist named Andrew Roberts. They're born in 1995, uh, which is like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Tijuana, and they just had like, there was just like really over, like overtly over the top. Like there was literally like a severed arm that had like an Amazon logo on it. It was like really <laughs> And then these like video screens that were just for like, these like kind of like giant like uh, faces that had like logo. It was really intense. I saw photos of those. They looked, they it looked wild. So it's, it reminded me like of a London scene vibe that I okay. used to hang out. I don't know. There's this like this vibe to it, but yeah. I was like super into it because I was like, how I was like, just like, oh, these are like really fucked up. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah and then there's like, you know, like I, uh, there's also Charles Ray and I, you know, I'm, I'm a Charles Ray hater sort of, but there was like one piece that was like, this is nice. Which ones did you like? These are the ones out I like on the one, They were outside and it was the one that was like, kind of like looked, I, I, I don't like, I don't like it. I, it was the one that was brown and had like this like coating on it yeah, so it looks kind of like more, it had more humanity to it I described it as than the other pieces yeah. but I mean like there was like it was all like oh there was this one piece um oh is it Michael was it Michael Bill Smith um what is this artist Ooh. I forget there was this one art oh I'm like missing them I don't know I can't find them but there was this piece that I really liked there was like this uh kind of kinetic um sculpture with like these like rattling things in a bottle but it was just like off to the side it was really just like whatever yeah everything was just like it felt like seeing like um a lot of stuff that's in new it felt very crisp in new york and a very like well done and stuff like that and it was just like it was nothing offensive to it and i don't i felt like the thing that was why it, I wasn't like, oh my God, you should do the Whitney Biennial. But I also wasn't like, fuck the Biennial either because <laughs> it just was like, just like, it was just like professionally done. It was very, very like, you know, a lot of different people doing a lot of different things, but they were selected in a way and complementary and like cohesive in this overall arching thing. And I think that this idea of like, you know what, like, we're just, let's just all be happy that we're all here right now. Like, we're totally. like, sort of, it's not like, it's the pandemic isn't over, the, there's wars going, it's not like it's anything's over, essentially, but right. this larger idea of like, wow, we've just like, gone through something, let's just like, be happy that we're still all like, here, and that creativity is like, alive, and art totally. making it art making is thriving artists and are still are chugging along yeah, and, yeah. ideas are being generated and there's so many different mediums there's photography there's sculpture there's text there's this there's that there's so, there's the world's your fucking oyster it's right. like and i think that that's like for me like kind of something that's i think this idea of the contemporary of nowness of like that we live in is that like everything is relevant, nothing's relevant, anything could be art, nothing is, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, in the end of the day, it's all about effort, it's all about Mm -hmm. commitment, you know, and it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's not, we're living, it's not like, you know, like the, the older times of like American art, like kind of, is always like trying to solve or reflect something in a certain sense, in this kind of like specific way, like, probably like the biggest, I'm not the biggest, but like, you know, I think about pop art or you think about abex or you think about like the big meaty, like art, American art movements. They're always like in reaction towards or against or whatever, you know, nowadays it's like, what's there to fucking, you know what I'm saying? There's so like, what's there to fight? You know what I'm saying? Like, like this, what we're not trying to, you're not trying to fight against the tide of some overarching, like monolithic, 
thing. It's more about like, okay, like, is there room for all of us to do all right. of the things, right? right? And I think that was something that is really like, it's really essential to like have that um, potential for and that yeah. open mindedness for because yeah. there, like, if you think about it, like there isn't going to be like a, it's just wide open. It, it isn't as wide open as obviously it should or could be, but it is wide, it's way more wide open. We're not like, you know what I'm saying? Fighting against like these things. And there's just a lot more voices in the room and there's just a lot more like variety and possibilities. Yeah. And I think that that's a good thing, you know? And yeah. what you were saying, what you were saying about kind of how it felt crisp and kind of very New York in some ways, to me, that's, you know, you know sort of all you can ask of these shows or that's what I really like to see in these shows for Venice too. Because I always think about like, you know, the Whitney Biennial is something where people who are not going to galleries end up there. And so it's like, if they can get some sense of, the larger world of art that's you know we could quibble with some of the inclusions but if it's like sort of interesting art that's being made yeah. um that's probably pretty good like as yeah, as, as uh, you know for, sure. for, for the art industry to kind of say here's what we're up to and that's how venice felt as well it was kind of like yeah. here's what's in the air um but here's my question about the biennial uh my impression just like looking at some photos reading some reviews is like, does it feel like there's a move away from like the figuration? Like, is there a pushback against that toward a kind of abstraction or more coded language? Or is that not the case? I don't think that it was necessarily against figuration. I think that it was not, it wasn't for painting though. Got you know it. what I'm saying? Got like, it. I think maybe that's the, like there was not, there was some paintings, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was, there was, but, and, and, and they were fine. They were good. They were yeah. good. They're fine. You know, it's, but it's like, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't making a state, you know what I'm saying? It, it didn't feel like it was, it was just so much variety. It's like going to a fucking Costco and being like, you, you want this, you want that, you want this, what size? <laughs> yeah. you know, I know it just was such a, like, it was just like, it was just, it was just so much, it, it wasn't like, there was a lot of video. There was a lot of video, but other than that, there was like kind of a de-emphasization of all, like of, of a specific genre, you know? And I think that because, right, I think that, I don't think that it is like, and but the thing is, this, this isn't what this is, uh, you're saying, what you're saying is like, it's not the job of what the biennials, you know what I'm saying? The biennials, yeah. The, what the gallery is doing and the and, and the art market structure and the art, art art market trends like that's that's one thing like that's a thing right yeah. and that survives those that has its own kind of ecosystem and it's whatever it needs to have to to function and survive within the biennial like you know they're kind of they're not supposed to like i guess they, in some instances they can like i remember the last one it was really crafty based i was like oh, yeah God. anyways i was kind of annoyed with, i was like they can be this like countering but it's like, for me, it's like, what are we fighting against? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's, what's there, what's there to butt up against, right? And so, figuration's right. not going anywhere. Right. It's never going anywhere. It's never going to die. Yes, it's really on trend and all this other stuff, but, like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that it was, like, necessarily, like, a countering, a countermeasure against it. But more, I think it's just kind of, yeah, as you're saying, almost like a temperature check of just That's the... Great. That sounds just great. The, the, just the like capacity of making and the capacity of still having this dedicated drive to explore material and to explore form. Yeah. And yeah, so be it. So yeah, I thought it was like, it was fine. I definitely, it was like, it was unoffensive, <laughs> right. which might be like 
which might be, I don't know if that's a good compliment, but it was very digestible. I went with a friend. They said, I forget what they said, but they said something hilarious. But, um, but anyways, I forget. I'll have to ask Mike, but, um, but no, it was very, like, they weren't as like chill with it. They were just, they were more bored. They were like kind of bored with it, which was like kind of, I wasn't bored. I was just like, it's fine. Like, let's get a drink now. It's it's like, you know, it's like, I was very much like that, but I kind of do think that like, um, yeah, I do feel like it'd be cool to be a little bit more gnarly and things to be a little bit more gnarly in the city. I think that everyone's trying really hard and just like, just, I don't know, pretend that they're, that they're, I don't know, survivors of it all. <laughs> it's just like, it just like, just like everyone just stop it. I don't know. Yeah, some more weirdness would be. Would yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit more, a little bit more um, dirt and grime would be nice, but it is what it is. But I think that, I don't think that you would like, I think you would find it very, I feel like you'd be very indifferent to it. I feel like you would yeah. appreciate it. I think my reaction would be similar to you. It sounds like, yeah, yeah it sounds like perfectly competent uh, and and kind of, yeah, things things being presented that are worthwhile and not yeah not super argumentative, not super. And maybe that's just right for the time. I mean, it's been an exhausting period. Maybe it is a moment. Yeah, but Whitney's just... been through, the Whitney's been through the ringer, you know. <laughs> In the last few years, the Whitney's been through the ringer. It's been it's been one there's... revolution after another. So uh... yeah, there's there's all these there's all there's all this lib like, you know liberate Whitney. So I don't know. It's definitely I think it's I think it's. Not that it's being cautious, but it's being stayed, you know? And I think that also during these weird times, like having some sort of like crazy glitzy glammy kind of thing. I mean, Vogue and Met Gala can get away with it, but that's fine. But you know, like the way he's just, we gotta just gotta be more down to earth. Right, it's not the mood, it's not the mood. Yeah, yeah, it's not not the vibes, it's not the vibes. I still haven't gone to the shed. That would be a good button or something. I've never been to the shed. I mean, I still can't believe I, I went only like I went a couple times and I still just can't believe that place is real. The shed. I still know, haven't just, gone. I still haven't actually, gone. Actually, do you remember when they were, I mean, this is such a dumb question. Maybe I'm just out of, out of touch with the New York and stuff, but does that thing actually roll? Wasn't the idea of that thing that like the shed could open up or? Moves? I have no I've never idea. seen the shed open up. It just, I have it, no idea. the whole I like thing seems like a boondoggle. I know it's by that brooch building that people jump off of. I, I just yeah, like don't it's, know. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, it still feels like uh, dystopian <laughs> hell over there. <laughs> Uh, you know what I am excited for though? The one thing that I am really excited for, Robert Colescott is gonna have a show. Wow. At, I think the new museum, which, oh, that's great. which is a bit of a shame because the new museum is like the worst building to have any show in. But regardless, um well, that might not be bad. You get a bunch of people. Yeah, no, but Colescott. Oh, I'm so ex- you know my love great artist. And he was the fir- I think he was the first American artist to win the Golden Lion. Wow. Back in the day. When Phyllis Kind represented him. Legend. Absolute legend. I mean, that's gonna be I I uh that that I'm excited for. That's that's very exciting. I mean, you look at some of those paintings today and they're 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 still shocking paintings. (laughs) Kind of like you look at something like I don't really know what's going on here, but they're fantastic. Upending every note of, uh, you know, decorum or kind of white lie that America tells itself. It's all 
it's all blown out up for those there. things. It's so it's so out. It's it's very it's super controversial. Super That's controversial. exciting because I um I know there'd been a touring show and I got the catalog. It looked great, but then like it it was like, is it ever going to come to New York? So I'm glad. Okay, good. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I'm looking forward to in New York landscape is the Cole Scott show. Big show. Uh, there's in other York. stuff. There's other stuff happening, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. <laughs> good to have that one thing. That's cool. But no, I mean it's good. It's like, uh, I mean, how is the? I guess we're we're running we're running out of time soon. We're but being wanna, bad, but yeah, we'll I go wanna, to Rex Rants in a minute or two. Yeah. I want to just do a temp check. How's this? How's the arts vibes in Korea? Like, what's the? Things the are country? good. Things are coming back. Um, they finally got rid of the restrictions on the number of people you can gather. So that I think is going to bring back some more. Uh, you know, performance, partying, like sort of stuff that makes everything happen. Nice. Um, the Gladstone just opened here. They have a very beautiful, but very small space. They opened at the Philip Perigno show, mm. which is, uh, it's very Philip Perigno. It's like uh, one of those, one of his light marquee things. And then they, they, he has this great, it's such a weird deranged piece. It's this, uh, it's this ice sculpture of a snowman which like, of course, it's like underneath a skylight. And so like it melts every other day or something. And so they have to bring in like a new ice snowman, which, and then it's sitting out. What's beautiful about it is that, I mean, it has like stick arms. I think the face is made of stones. And so like, as it melts, that stuff drops to the ground and it's on top of a uh, soul city. um, What is it called in the ground? Uh, Manhole cover. Okay. And so like it melts all to the ground and they replace it uh nice to see fun to have another international gallery here um there's an art fair going on right now called the preview art fair which is kind of uh, there's so many art fairs in korea especially there are so many art fairs and i'm just like i don't understand why like every city has an art fair pusan has multiple art fairs and um but nice little art fair it's running through the weekend if anyone's listening from seoul it's uh, it's mostly smaller, younger spaces, including some that are kind of artist-run and doing their first nice. art fairs, which is super sweet to see. It's always nice to see kind of scrappy people who never Fresh really sell things. art being like- Refreshing things are just yeah. like, hey, what's up? Yeah, what's up? so there's some good, there's some good uh, galleries in that. Like uh, I would I'd shout out, like there's a gallery called White Noise, which is run by an artist, Cylinder, uh, N.A. Um, and- yeah, some good ones. So that was nice to see. And but I mean, we still wear masks outside. So everyone walks outside. There is, New York's like straight up, like dead ass. Like, Back in like, business. They're just like no one, like nothing is checked. No vaccine checks. Like you Amazing. don't have to wear a mask. Like people, like the subway, like so, like it's like half and half in the subway. Okay. Yeah. It's just like it's all it's all it's all duns. It's all, all like done. it's not duns, yeah. but it's like people are just like f it. The masks are hanging on here. In Italy, uh, they were super intense about the vaccine check. Uh, I mean, most restaurants, some museums, you had to show your booster. Uh, it was it was serious. Yeah, but, no, it's like not. Yeah. It's it's like whatever. It's crazy. It's a little. It's a really intense. I'm like not. I I don't still do not know how I have not gotten COVID. Wow, I had it right before Venice. I had it right before. Really, Venice. really. Oh my yeah, god, I, I'm just like. 
I'm just like, how do, how have I not? I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's a study. I think it's a Korean doctor said like that, like people haven't had COVID yet. Just don't have any friends. And I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> you have friends. I was wow. like, is that me? Like, I definitely, like, I definitely have been not, I mean, oh, but anyway, a sad thing in New York, the Forlini's is closed. I saw that. Um, I saw that. And that was interesting. People, people were really, uh, on the social media, some people were really divisive about that. I thought Ferlini's was great. Uh, it was so- who was, who was hating on it? I don't know. People, people who, who think they have more highfalutin taste or something. Uh, I thought it was great because uh, it was just normal. It was just like- the, 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 the drinks that they would serve, the old bros would serve you up, man. Oh my gosh. These were, they were strong and they were big and they were I mean, it was not crazy cheap, but the amount that they gave you, wow, mm. they were quite, and then the mozzie sticks there. Sometimes exactly. you know, they've had the best mozzie sticks in the world. Other times it's just frozen mozzie sticks. But anyway, it's sad. <laughs> exactly, it's sad. no, that's very sad. That's a uh, sad thing. No, that... but, anyway, but yeah, no, but it's so, it's it's cool. It's like, uh, I mean, it's, it is what it is, but it's it's cool that, what's it called? Um, Derosia, AKA formerly known as Bodega, moved to Little Italy in a new spot. It's super wow. cute. I love okay. Little Italy. People sleep on Little Italy, like it's fun. Like it is yeah. so much fun. If you just embrace it, cause like, I think that like New Yorkers are just like, oh, it's such a tourist thing. But like, if you just like once every like two or three years, just embrace it and like embrace the inner tourist in you and just don't have any like arrogance or like yeah. whatever about it. It's so much fun. And there's this incredible bar. I have no idea where it is. It might be Mulberry or Mott, one of those streets. There's this incredible bar that a lot of Sopranos and, and like gangster movies and like, you know, whatever. movies. Uh, but it's not like a tourist trap. It's a real like kind of like locals place. Yeah. And on Friday nights, they do the most amazing karaoke. And there's these, these regulars. And there's this one guy who's like this straight up pruner. Sounds like Bing Crosby, like Frank wow. Sinatra, like Dean Martin. It's incredible. It's like literally like hearing like them like back in life. And there's this like, kind of fat short Italian dude who like looks like he's just like he's like sweating when it's like freaking freezing outside kind of vibe with like oh my god choking their neck like incredible looks incredible looks but he does the most incredible opera like he like literally does like Pavarotti like karaoke it is epic it is so amazing I whenever like I happen to be down there on a Friday night for whatever god forsaken reason and i have time to kill right. i literally just asked the hawkers of the restaurants i'm like where's the bar where they do the karaoke they do they think <laughs> frank sinatra and the opera and then they like tell me and i always forget exactly where it is but it's incredible it's the most Everyone amazing knows. thing and it's like it's not full of it's just like literally like you can tell like it's like the same group of friends that go like week after week after week it's amazing so little italy i'm glad to hear i recommend a place that i don't know where it is it's just in little italy just ask the hawkers despite anyway. uh, despite the closure of ferlini it continues to thrive yeah, and that's great that, that's great they put down there. i didn't know that um the rechristened bodega was uh down there that's good uh, anyways okay you want to do rex and rants let's do rex and rants let's do rex and rants okay do you want to go first you want me to go first you want to go first uh i'll go first i'll go first um i my rec is uh it is i have to open my phone so i get it right uh this is like so maybe corny i don't know but i've always wanted to read the bible i've always wanted to uh, girl i hear that i was like i need to do that (laughs) it's like i had to i in college i had to read uh portions of the old testament and portions of the new testament but very small 
Yeah. I've always been like, what's actually in there? You know, I get a search <laughs> occasionally, you read little verses. And so I got this great app and it's so fun. It's, it, the app is just on my phone right now. It's, it's just called Bible, which clearly it has another name. It's made by this thing called YouVersion, Y-O-U version. Uh, and what's cool about it is, um, I mean, there are many things that are cool about it, but the, the concise version is um, they have different plans that you can do. So I'm doing like a, a year long Bible plan. So you only read like, you know, a couple verses a day. Uh, and it's great because like I live in a high rise, like a classic Korean high rise. So I'm always waiting for the elevator or I'm always like waiting for a bus or something. And so I just like read the verse while I'm waiting rather than like, I mean, I still like, you know, dick around on Instagram and stuff, but it's great. And what's cool about it is besides that, uh, they have like 20 different translations. And so you can read like the more literal, you can read like the King James classic, you can read ones that are more poetic. And so if you like one, you can be like, okay, like, you know, what else might it, other way, how else can we interpret it? Um, so yeah, if you ever want to read the Bible, and you, they also have like shorter plans. So if you're like, I just want to read about things that are going to like inspire me, uh, yeah. like, you know, we just had Easter. So if you're feeling like I want to, I want to have my own personal resurrection, they have like the resurrection plan. So it's all about like rebirth in the Bible and, <laughs> and, and all of these. Uh, what, about the what about the doomsday plan? There's some like Probably. Doomsday. I'm sure they have that. Oh, that's, um, that's the stuff I really like too. Like they do have some of the apocryphal stuff, which I love reading that. Where it's like, the, the, the seven horsemen of the apocalypse, you know? That's some, yeah. I love it. You know that, I mean, people don't, some people know, but I am, I am, I am a practicing Catholic. So I'm yeah. just a, I'm uh, Yeah, no, I thought about you when I was doing it medallion that I wear on my neck so nice I didn't realize that interesting it's interesting so yeah you version, no, I feel like yeah. God is trending like people I've been saying this for years now and then like when Kanye was all like I'm like doing this God thing I was like I told you people God is trending I know he <laughs> made he's made it huge he's made it gigantic I've been saying this for years God is God I think that there's going to be a return there's stuff I think that there's going to be a huge return to religion in terms of all cultural aspects I definitely think I think that people need some sort of feeling of place and I think also the truth like this concept of tradition and stuff like yeah. that I, I, there's good and obviously there's a lot wrong with uh religious structures and uh especially certain sure. things but you know I, I I'm 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 for it so I would and I would love to see some religious art contemporary religious art done very oh, sincerely yeah. I, think I that mean would be all nice. the, all art is made because of the religions yeah. <laughs> like anything that was good is like from, from religion i mean i truly to feel like uh i don't know i do think that there is this kind of i don't know maybe i don't know maybe i don't know but there's probably i mean there's probably good essays and theories and such but this idea of feeling i don't know in, inspired or there's a vastness or there's grandness or something yeah. you know and evoking this kind of unknowing. I think the science has definitely taken a space for that because of the vastness of the universe and the unknowing oh. of that. But I definitely think that like, it's a core kind of like humans need to feel small and in awe, you know? And it's like kind of, and then having to like be facing that. And I don't know, I think the concept of like the, I don't know, real inspiration or sublime or some sort of like, you know, thing like that really is a huge motivating factor that can create that is really productive for creativity you know absolutely and that this this i don't want to put us too too far afield here but have you seen the show at the brooklyn museum the andy warhol like uh religious show no i haven't 
I'm I'm so curious about it. Kind of focusing I, I on his politics. Written off the Brooklyn Museum. I know. Well, it's crazy. It's a crazy place. They do crazy things there. That's so mean of me to say, but I just feel like it's just like a target. It's like a right. It's like a it's, target. It's, cause, it's, yeah, uh, it's like I'm just like, I, I just don't take it seriously at all. Yeah. But you no, know, you're right. I, I do want to actually see the Basquiat show. I know that it's so like whatever because it's Basquiat, but like the show that his sisters, his family put together. Oh yeah, that. I'm curious yeah. about that. I kind of it looks cool. Like I like yeah, that. I'm it's... curious about just that angle of it, even though I know that it's like. Basquiat, like whatever, but right. I don't, I don't know. I think it's whatever. Yeah, but... no, I like the more personal touch and the. But anyway, yeah. so going on with the Warhol religion show, because we're all a super religious. Yeah, super went to went to church and I think uh, either met the Pope or made a point of of like watching the Pope speak when he came to New York. Or I'm mangling the story here, but yeah, was it was it deeply religious? And then you look at a lot of the work, and you know, they're icons and they're. Uh, you know, they're all about worship in some ways. And, you know, there's the Last Supper, the final works. And yeah, so interesting. It's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. I swear, I think it's going to make a huge, I don't, people need to just embrace it. But, you know, I'm ready. it's almost like, it's almost like religion's radical because it's, we're so secular now. So it's like this. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. The, for, for sure. The right feels that way. Right. They love yeah. that. They love the kind of counterculture of. Uh, I want us, uh, but I, I think that the left should, you know, be, be narr narrators of that story. Because, I agree. Add a more, add a more, you know, humanistic twist versus it being bludgeoned to the rights, whatever, however the, whatever, the, however they use it, it's crazy. Like that's not right. Totally. So against, so against. Anyways, <laughs> but no, that's that seems that's the Bible. Who knows? Like, I, I wreck is the Bible. I imagine you're like waiting for an elevator, reading Bible verses and like different. <laughs> different like the old latin the, yeah. like, like the translation. my review is uh it's very good i like the bible there's a little bit of more repetition than i would like uh but otherwise very good <laughs> i love it i mean i was literally thinking the other day i was like i've never like i feel like i've gone to church enough and done all this like that i like feel like i've sort of read the bible but like i haven't really i've never sat there and like was like i'm gonna read the bible to, like it's yeah. just not something i've done but download the app some crazy stuff in there some crazy stuff i mean it's 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 yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll, <laughs> i don't know you, oh well uh, uh, maybe one might i don't know we'll see 10 minutes and, a day jamie okay okay so my rack okay so my rack is not this it's it's different but anyways it's um kind of related to what we were talking about a little bit it's this book SPQR by Mary Beard. Oh wow! You know I love you know I love the Roman Empire. I've never read you it. Read, you, you haven't read it? Oh my oh. god, Russ, you would go bananas for it. I know. I took um, seven it years is of an laughing. Incredible book. I'm not quite finished with it. I'm like a little bit over halfway. I kind of I was I Andrew knows this. I was plan I was trying to go to Rome for a month this year, but now with my life structure, been, oh, yeah. I don't think I can, which I'm really freaking. Anyways, I'm bummed. That's enough about me. But um, I was I was I've always loved Rome. I've always loved ancient Rome. Andrew and I used to listen to this podcast, Emperors of Rome. I don't know. Classic. If Classic it's, so, it's so good for people who do like Rome stuff. That's a really great podcast to start. But this book, SPQR, it is it's about ancient Rome. It's like not it's like goes for a very specific, like literally like the mythology of like Rome and the Serenus. 
And Mary wow. Beard, she is incredible. Like I want to like have martinis and hang out with Mary Beard. Right. She's she, just a prodigy of knowledge. Yeah, she's like, of knowledge. A freaking freaking scholar amongst Scott, like just a, a the, like a, the giantest brain in the world and can yeah. do everything. Okay. So this type of like prismatic, all-encompassing thinker. But this book and the way that she writes is so incredible. It's like juicy. It's like very yeah. like is very like almost like a soap opera. Like it's oh. it's so it's so accessible. It's so like just like page turning. It's literally a page turning historical nonfiction book. It is that good. I want to read it. Like I like I can't put it down. And like then there's the plates and like she gives you this. She like spills the tea about like and then this philosopher and this writer and this interpreter and this this person sorry but she's so cutting and like her yeah. judgment of like well that probably isn't true or like there's been evidence to show this but she does it in such a like throwaway like not nasty yeah. like just so quick and um sharp she's so yeah. sharp it's literally a page i can't it's a page turner it's a historical yeah. page turner and you learn so much and you feel so like um you and you see how, the thing that's been really the thing that's kind of surprising, I mean, obviously, I don't know why it surprised me, but kind of, you know, like you see the kind of constancy of the human condition of yeah. like, of avarice, greed, lust, like death, <laughs> murder, like revenge, like all these things and how like in terms of like a lot of it of the kind of um, I'm in this kind of sections where it's like talking about kind of the formalization of like the modern concept of like the Senate and the kind of origins of all the stuff and the players in it. But then these like kind of like the stories the nepotisms, the kind of motivations, all this stuff that's so pressingly now and so full of our kind our current like yeah. political comments and everything else it's so like just like we haven't changed an iota <laughs> like you know right. like we, it's the like, same every, thing over yeah, and over we do the same thing over and over and over again and it's kind of it makes instead of that feeling um suffocating and like impossible or you know it feels extremely like calming <laughs> to me mm. i don't know maybe that's yeah. just my personality yeah, that makes sense. That makes i find sense. it extremely just like you know what like the this is this 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 glass globe we're on spinning around. It's just gonna keep, you know, like it's just gonna keep going and it's gonna keep yeah. iterating and it's gonna keep evolving, but then devolving and evolving and devolving, you know? And it's like, we're doing the same things like over and over again. And, but it's kind of beautiful to kind of see the endurance of humanity like through it all yeah. and like the ever, ever like, like pressing desire for there to be like, I don't know, some sort of like, betterment or something even if it's regressive in the time yeah. I, it's it's really fantastic I highly recommend it I think that people that you know one if, if you're someone who really loves like nonfiction historical books read it it's it's incredible if you're someone who doesn't like in, and like if you if you don't read like um, nonfiction books or like historical books like read this it'll feel like such a palate cleanser it's nice. so it's so accessible it's so fascinating and even if you don't care about Rome that much, it's 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 just spicy, like just a lively, a lively it's spicy, uh, family it's spicy drama. Yeah, there's so much tea. There's so many characters. You learn so much, and I think that it kind of really does make um, I don't know this kind of this this the swath of time feels so long, yet so yeah. short. You know, right. kind of like you're talking about Giotto and like this idea of like, oh, my dad was a jerk. Like I'm gonna like do this with my penance, and here's yeah. I have the money, do this thing, make this work. And we're talking about like the biennial of just like 
and we think, you know, like, you know, I'm always harping on the art market and world and whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's just the way it is. You know, it's like, which people support this thing. That's the way it works. This is what it is. It is what is never going to stop. You know, it's like, embrace it. Like, say la vie. So I don't know. Find your way within it. Yeah, exactly. I highly recommend SPQR, highly Mary Beard. I love it. So so cool she's just as cool like <laughs> i just a like, fascinating figure i wish i'd read more of her i mean because she's really she's a public intellectual in a way yeah. That, yeah what have you what have, what is your i've idea? only seen i've i've only come across her on um like bbc shows when i'm watching you know just like random thing about like here are great artifacts of uh or cultural sites of the roman empire you know she'll pop up and then i've always been intrigued by her because um uh she'll always write about right she was getting uh harassed online right and she's she's really fought back against all the all the trolls and stuff and i think made that one of her causes which is like not a field i mean it's an important issue not something i'm like deeply involved in but she always um when i come across those op-eds and stuff she's always seems to be enjoying herself a lot kind of tussling and i'm like where do you find the time you know you're like having martinis talking about roman history you're writing these books and you're just like fighting with I don't know, bots or incels online or something. It's a fascinating life. That's amazing. Amazing. Oh my God, this Elon thing. Anyways. Oh my God, the Elon thing. Oh God. I'm both like so interested and I just also don't care. It's like, whatever, you know. Fascinating character, really. Next episode, we can devote one to. He doesn't collect art, right? I don't think he's an art guy. I don't really know. The whole Primes thing always boggles my mind. But um, <laughs> it just is like such a like, it's like, blah, 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 blah. It's a real, like, it's, it's something real... to add to the equation that's a bit confusing, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I, I'm, I, I think that at the end, of, I mean, like the, like, it's kind of like this wrong book, this like, we, we need these charismatic figures, these charismatic, intensely powerful figures do make, the world go a certain way you know what i'm saying so i i think it's like this it's a strange uh it's a strange thing that we have but we we it's something that we'll always have you know it's like these intensely charismatic really uh complicating complicated people that really are divisive but change agents you know it's 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 it is what it is i don't know what it is totally Anyway, maybe by the next podcast, we'll know what he's doing with Twitter and we can, uh, you're not on there, which is why I don't do Twitter, I don't do Twitter, but you do, do. that's very sensible. Yeah. Unfortunately, this was good. This was was fun. Uh, thank you for everyone. Yeah. Thank you everyone. And I don't know. So we do, we, um, our party pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe. Please leave a review. More than anything, subscribe. We only come to your, we only come to your ears, like maybe once every twice a year at the most. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's not, it's not a big ask. Uh, yeah. 90 minutes twice a year. Um, you know, that's, that's, we're just committed. committed. Yeah. It's going to be going on for the long haul, but thank you for tuning in. This is episode 24 uh we'll play the outro music and hopefully be back before too long before too too long uh all right bye bye oh wrong song